Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the big difference between winning and losing! Welcome into 11 Personnel, Nick Roush and Adam Luckett ready to talk some football on the first day of Kentucky Spring Practice 2021. Uh, it felt like a slow crawl to get here, Luckett, but we finally made it. It's football time in the bluegrass. Yeah, man, it feels good to get some quotes the last couple of days and um, get some writing done and kind of try to dig a little deeper and see what they're uh what they're what they're really saying so definitely good to have football back uh, hopefully kentucky will give us some clips of practice mm-hmm. um, show us what's really going on but but yeah man it's definitely good to get back and you know talk some ball here for sure um obviously no spring game but these 15 practices are going to be pretty exciting um and it's clear that that uh, they're they're work they're focusing on themselves not so much anybody else they're just trying to get better as they move forward yeah and they're not even uh hell i don't even know if we talked since they said there's no spring game uh it's unfortunate but it is kind of uh you know a a pandemic's going to take priority over a intramural spring or inter-squad scrimmage uh at kroger Mm -hmm. field uh you know it's the largest vaccination site in the state so if you haven't registered for your shot go ahead and do that get shot up won't bother you none and it'll get us back to normal to where we can fill up Kroger field for the real games this fall Uh, I know I was incredibly disheartened when I first heard the news but we know how Stoops rolls like it like this was this was the perfect what he's like oh you mean I don't even have to trot out my new offense and show it to the public okay fine by me twist my arm (laughs) like yeah I don't think he's uh I don't think he's regretting that decision or was super upset about it for sure right right so uh essentially this spring practice is going to be limited to us over analyzing every clip they share and the quotes we get in media conversations we're going to hear from them tuesday thursday saturdays that's kind of the schedule for the next five weeks uh and frankly i'm uh, I, i'm ex- there, there's definitely going to have some lulls here and there but I, I'm excited. We have uh, we spoke with Stoops on Monday, along with a uh, running backs coach in uh, John Settle, and then we heard from Liam Cohen and Josh Ali Tuesday morning. And the big kind of overarching takeaway, uh, if you will, it it really does come down to what you said. This he's like, you know, we're not focusing on competition at all. And that's not to say they aren't grading these guys out, but they're not trying to fill spots right now. It's everybody, we're going to run this damn offense, and it's going to be a tight ship. We're going to get everybody on the same page, and and that's going to be what's happening over the next 15 practices is getting everybody uh, on the same page, uh, working as efficiently as possible within this this new offense that Cohen's got. I think that's very true. They're just learning a lot of new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like Cohen said today, they, they've only done really tight zone. 
um, where in his where in his offense they're probably going to do three different types of zone. It's the tight, the mid, and then the outside zone. So it's learning the different steps. We heard John Settle talk about the angles the running back has to take. Um, there, and he said they're probably going to get sick and tired of me saying slow to or, fa- or slow to fast through. Oh, great saying. So there's going to be a bunch of different um, new things, especially for that offense. I'm going through and trying to figure out. So that that's why Stoops' introductory press conference, I think when he maybe prepared for that on his little notepad he brings in, I think he wrote probably fundamentals on there because mm-hmm. that's I think that's a key uh, point to this, to this spring is just getting that down pat um, and figuring out who they are um, and just working on getting better themselves, not worrying about anything else. Because one thing that's nice about the spring, it's the only practice you ever have in football where you really it, it doesn't end with a game plan. You're mm-hmm. just you're really just practicing to get better. It, because even bowl prep, there's always that game at the end, and then in the season, yeah, you're preparing you know all training camp, but eventually it, it turns into that you know week one opponent. Right. Where this, there's no opponent. It's just working on getting better, and the install that's going on with Cohen right now. I think he did have an interesting quote that I liked today. It was about like he has his base stuff. So that's what the stuff they're going to install mm-hmm. this spring. But then after that, it's watching the tape, figuring out strength and weaknesses, um, and, then, and then building the offense really around that. Like you're, you're going to have your base stuff that you do, um, but then figuring out the best ways to highlight uh, the strengths of your football team. That's a very uh, NFL approach, and that's an approach I think they need, uh, more thinking like that. And I, I, that was probably the best thing I heard over the last two days was, was that comment about him saying that we're going to, you know, we have a base, have our base stuff, but we're going to build it around what, what the team does best. And to me, that says featuring the guys. So Chris Rodriguez is going to get the rock mm-hmm. and finding ways to get the tight ends involved, uh, finding ways to get Wondell Robinson, the, the football in space. The, uh, the way it's kind of described too, like it, when you talk about fundamentals and stuff, like I can just see, I mean, Luke Fortner isn't the type of guy to, to to do that. But if I was in his shoes and I'm six year super senior Luke Fortner, I'm rolling my eyes. Like, God, fundamentals. We're gonna be doing this whole oh, yeah. crap over and over. But what it, that's not the case now because fundamentals are fundamentals. But there is something there's there's change. There's something new. So that like josh ali he's like you know i can't wait till we get to go back out to practice again because it is the i'm going back to school for the first time in three months as much as we used to gripe about going back to school look it was kind of fun seeing your friends and you know you get to meet your new teacher they're meeting their new teacher now and they're new teachers really yeah yeah i mean it's a ton of them so it's uh you you get you can tell there's going to be a lot of energy at these practices and i think it's going to be one of those things that uh you know we'll get one or two nuggets a day probably of something like oh this is intriguing uh like yeah. something that i'm sure we've talked about uh you know it's gonna be like times. a it's gonna but, be like a piece of gum piece of bubble gum like it's new and interesting the flavor is really flavorful but we're gonna chew the crap out of it until there's nothing left there that that's part of the fun with spring because you only get so much and then you try to stretch that out as far as possible. Well, and it's, it's very basic. But when all these like, yeah, you know, I could tell today that I got open because they were paying attention to Wandale. 
Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, that that's that's something that we we've probably mentioned. But when you when you can see it happen, uh, I, I think it's it's certainly, uh, you know, it's it's putting some proof in the pudding. And something that Ollie did sneak in there, too, that I think we've at least mentioned or but Josh Ollie did confirm that Liam Cohen is what convinced him to come back for another year. Right. Yeah. We thought that was the case, but it was made public today. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is an NFL offense. Great quote. Right. Nice and snappy. And uh, especially whenever they're like, okay, here's what we did. Well, here's how it's supposed to be done. And then you pop on some NFL tape. That's got to get the guys fired up. You know, it just does. Speaking of the NFL tape, he mentioned multiple times about watching the Rams tape, specifically with Levis and, I think a good chunk of that offense is going to come from that, what they did there. He mentioned Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, um, things that made them a special receiver for the Rams, such as, you know, blocking on that, on that, on the flow where they, where you run zone left side and they flow back right, either to do a kickout block or to act as an action. And then they just sneak out into the, in the passing lane. I think when you look at Wandale and Josh Ali, like we've talked about from the beginning, similar skill sets to those two guys. So I think that's really how they're going to use them. I expect a lot of condensed formations, a lot of pre-stat motion. I think we're going to see a ton of 12 personnel. Said all three tight ends are good football players, which is something us following the program have have known. It's probably Mm -hmm. one of the strengths of the offense to go along with the offensive line. We said that's going to be the identity of the team, which is, you know, that's how Mark Stoops wants it. I think he's built it like that. So I think that's those all are good things. Lead the way. Right, those are all good things to hear. Um, I think you we even got to, a Tyler Higby shout out too. Yeah, we did, we did. Go, go tops, tops, go tops on top. And but there's still questions. You know, who else is that receiver? Quarterback is the elephant in the room, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at running back after Rodriguez, I think that's a question that people aren't really asking right now. But that's something they're going to have to figure out. You know, can Kavase Smoke stay healthy? Can is Jatama claim ready to contribute? Um, is Travis Tisdale ready to break through? Can Lavelle Wright get some traction in these early practices? Uh, they they, they got to find one or two more guys there they can depend on outside of number 24. Well, kid, I do have – I've got a big concern about Lavelle Wright. Big concern. Uh, he's wearing number 27. Do you – or no, excuse it's John me, 29. Magwood. Yeah. 20, yeah, and Magwood's wearing 27. What What kind of numbers are those? That's not a running back's number. That's not a receiver's number. You ever heard of a receiver number 27 or a running back 29? Aaron Boyd flashbacks I had when I, when I went through the roster. I mean, am I being, am I being weird for – but that isn't – it doesn't uh, – it just doesn't pop. It doesn't snap for me. I don't know. I just – it worries me. It's a very dumb concern. <laughs> I can't ever remember our running back even wearing number. 10. I don't think that number will stick for very long. Like Andrew Phillips is number thirty-seven. I don't think when he plays this year he'll be rocking uh, three-seven. That's not really be, a cornerback number. Be stepping in. See, you come in. At, you come in at the bottom of the pile, um, low man on the totem pole. You just kind of <laughs> get stuck with some bad numbers sometimes. Yeah. And then you can do the DeAndre Square route where you switch it up every season. Start at forty-three, oh. go to seventeen, go to five. I was disappointed we're not going to get his senior number. <laughs> I was hoping he would stay for five years. Let's get five different numbers. Let's just do the whole thing. It'd be great too if this was like you know somebody got a different DeAndre Square jersey for each year. And speaking um, of numbers, we've got Wilson Berry sticking with the '93 tradition. 
So Kentucky Ponder is going to rock 93. We've got, you know, a, that 18 was a thing there for a little bit. Now we mm-hmm. got 93. I, I'd say go for it. You know, L- LSU, right. LSU has a thing where they give their, like, the captain of the team or something. He wears number seven every year. Mm-hmm. Let, let's just do that here at Kentucky. Let's just wear the punter. You, you're wearing 93. I like, too, that uh, Max even tweeted at you and was like, oh, so has he got to announce his number at a press conference? <laughs> Which My bad. I forgot. Punter, punters are people, too. My bad, Max. <laughs> In fairness, I mean, like, it's we can't make this a huge talking point. But you want to talk about a hell of a group to work out with Wilson Berry, Jordan Berry, Max Duffy. Like, you're going to find too many groups of special teamers working out together that are much better than that. And I don't know if McGinnis is back in town, but if he is, he sure as hell should be kicking with him too. So, right. That's a, a, a quality group of, uh, of kickers working out at once. Um, Speaking of kickers, let's get into the special teams comment. Um, it's a committee again. Sorry to disappoint all you special teams coordinator truthers no well technically <laughs> there's co-special teams coordinator yeah and so then matt least... sackis i like the comment where matt sackis coaches all of them so like he's in charge <laughs> like i'm no, like we he, said from the beginning yeah he really is in charge and stoops just wanted to give some guys he's like well we can throw frank under the bus he right. can take the heat <laughs> like shout out um to coach settle here but he's not drawing up schemes on punt and punt return like matt no. sackis is doing all that stuff Man. And then he's coaching behind the scenes. <laughs> I like those air quotes for behind the scenes. Settle had a great, great quote for uh, people who watch a lot of football probably know that the easiest way to lose a football game is on special he's right teams. on that. And that sure. is such a great, that's such a great coachy quote. And let, let's talk about settle for a little bit because uh, that news came out over the weekend and uh he had his introductory press conference on day one, uh, shows up on Monday, ready to work, uh, speaks with the media. You know, they had a walkthrough with the guys in a meeting, uh, but really hadn't seen too much of them. But I think a James Connor comp for Chris Rodriguez, it's not a bad start. You want to hear James Connor's numbers, his they, one year with Settle? <laughs> they were stupid. Let's go 298 carries. Um, over 13 games, so 22.9 carries per game. That's riding your horse. Uh-huh. 1,765 yards, put up 5.29 yards per pop, pretty solid. Man. 26 touchdowns. <laughs> so that, like, we we complained about not riding, um, riding the guy. That's riding the guy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, he was six nationally in rushing yards um, that year. Melvin yeah. Gordon was insane that he ran for 2,500 yards that year. But yeah, that's uh, that's that was like good. the one year that good he wasn't at Wisconsin. So he, yeah, he spent a decade at Wisconsin and kind of last had some four years with in the, between there. Jonathan Taylor, who was a freak for four years, mm-hmm. um, so he rode him. And really, he's he was with Paul Christ since his last year at Pittsburgh. So he followed Christ to Pittsburgh or to Wisconsin, excuse me. Twenty fourteen to twenty twenty one worked under Christ. Now, who also worked under Christ was a guy by the name of Matt House at Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, so you have to think that might have been the relationship there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and bet- oh, that, that's a good point to, to kind of see where the connections uh, lead. But a settle is he—he he was an All-Pro running back for the Falcons in the late '80s, I think '87. But didn't have too long of a career. I'm assuming injuries just caught up with him. Uh, but has been—he's a 27-year coaching vet. 
lot of time in the NFL as well. So he's pretty used to uh, adapting to schemes and coaching and different things. But uh, I, th- I think it's also important that he is – he's the old head in the room now. Uh, at 55, he's the oldest coach on the staff. So, uh, you know, it, it worked out well having Eddie Grant as kind of the old hard-nosed disciplinarian with the running backs last time. And I, I definitely think you're going to get that same kind of presence in the running back room uh, with Settle. When you look at the construction of Kentucky's offensive staff right now, you've got they're both like 35 years old in that range. Um, you've got Wolford, who by all accounts is a straight-up character mm-hmm. coaching the offensive line, which most of the times OL coaches are. Yes. And so you, you kind of need that dynamic. Um, you can't have – not necessarily good cop, bad cop, but you can't have four guys that are all kind of the same. I think you need um, to have you some, need some balance. Yeah. And Settle comes off very much as no nonsense approach. Mm-hmm. Um, very professional. Um, this is how we do things a certain way. And like, I get the, like, just first impression only, you get the sense that there's not going to be many jokes or pranks going on in that running back room <laughs> over camp when they're all together for 30 days. It's going to be a lot of – it's going to be a business-like approach, um, very uh, very focused, very driven, um, no nonsense, um, which is something I think the staff on offense, I think they needed a little bit of that um, to blend kind of the young guys they got, um, mm-hmm. which I think Boo Knight, he also comes off like that too, I will say, even though he's younger, he definitely comes off as, you know, he's he's all business and it's getting down. Um, um, to what needs to be done. And speaking of receivers, I love the Ali quote, or I didn't love it. I kind of agreed with it. It's hard to get reps right now when you got 17 scholarship receivers mm-hmm. in the spring. You that you have to think attrition is going to come there at some point. That's just way too many guys there for a non-air raid offense. It's just way too many. Yeah, that's going to run a bunch of 12 personnel stuff. It's right, just, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Um so they'll eventually there there will be attrition um you know um there's no doubt about that uh i'm i'm trying not to get distracted because uh, we just received our first few little snippets inside practice glad they were outside nice cool day not too football weather there you go yeah it, it was some some good football weather and oh my goodness now there's three must champs working for Kirby smart Two working for Kirby smart and one it's some place just all must champ everything. I'm sure that's going to work well, at, uh, Georgia. What could go wrong? Let's just fill up a staff full of must champs. Um, but to, to get back to, to spring ball, uh, you have, you, you have a complete coaching staff you have. And, and I, I like the way that settle kind of broke down in detail to the, because here's the thing with all the boring fundamental stuff a lot of the new scheme it's not just here's your playbook uh it's not just handing them uh, a, a sheet from madden and saying this is what we're going to do a lot of this stuff is predicated on being on the same page so like you know i i remember trying to get our offensive linemen to learn outside zone in high school and we were a wing t team we, that was not we people, did the same thing and it was a hard hard learning experience for my my senior year they tried to 
Institute. Really, I think it was just inside zone. And it's, I mean, it was hard. We ended up throwing it out the window about four yeah. or five games in the season. But it was, it was, so, it was so different to what ball. we did. Right. Because when you run these stretch plays, everybody has to be on the same page from a footwork standpoint. And that's where the running tracks come in. Yeah. Because everybody it's almost like you've got to be on a string mm-hmm. where when one person pulls the other person follows with them and from a running backs perspective that means when we call this stretch we're taking we're going in this same direction with the same steps every single time so the quarterback can give it to us and that way we're on par we're in sync with the offensive line and we have our eyes in the right place. And as soon as we see what we like, we get north and south. Fast, slow to, fast through. Slow to, fast through. And the the other great line he had was indecision first shows up in your feet. We can't have anybody dancing in the backfield. It's all got to be precise. And I think that's where there's going to be frustrations at times with this coaching staff because uh, it, it's just it's taking it's a lot of it breaking guys into new things and that's what this spring is going to be growing pains for sure so I, I we won't see it but there's certainly going to be times where we hear from the coaches at the podium afterwards and there's a little mm-hmm. bit of teeth gritting afterwards yeah you know what I mean? the one thing with outside zone I say like it the attack point is kind of off tackle but a lot of times that thing can get cut up Mm-hmm. So just because you're going out, that's the beauty of the play. Just because you're going out there doesn't mean the run's going to get a sideline. There's a lot of plays where you'll see outside zone, if you pull up some clips, the thing gets cut up because you you create kind of a wash effect where everybody's moving in one direction like you're talking about. The defense over um, over pursuits, and that could create you know big cutback lanes. And that's a lot of times where you can get some defenses um, for some big plays. So that's, that's something to remember with this. And like Darian Kennard, he's he's going to be a great backside tackle on these some of these um some of these outside zone plays because he he can just wash people. I mean, mm-hmm. he just <laughs> annihilates people <laughs> coming down coming downfield. So watching him maybe getting um, ear holing some linebackers and stuff on tape that's that's going to be some fun stuff to watch. But there is going to be a learning curve. It's learning. It's learning how to do that. And Cohen said, you know, even the guy these offensive linemen are kind of bigger than some of the guys he had in the NFL. But I think a good thing for this is they've got a very experienced offensive line. Um, so hopefully that means a quicker learning curve. Right. Um, and then we learned Jagger Burton's getting started out at guard. Yeah. Which he was always projected as, but you just didn't know. Yeah. With his new scheme, you fit. could see he could maybe slide out the tackle. Yeah. So, potentially. But they're starting him there. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much personnel, like, who's playing where with what. I don't know how many revelations we're going to get in regards to that. Um, But Jagger also, I I think to go back to that original point you made about the base and everything, he kind of detailed how, you know, they ran UK's offense at Frederick Douglass, the Mm -hmm. kind of inside zone smash you in the face stuff. And it's like, you know, now a lot of the stuff you see where we're running a play now, to see how the defense reacts so we can set up something else for later on in the game. And it just it, – everything just feels a little bit more cerebral, like it. Like you're playing chess, not checkers anymore. Yeah, yeah, which, like, okay, here's – this is this is the pushing the program forward that, that Mark Stoops talked about throughout the offseason. Uh, and 
it's just it's exciting. Uh, there, there's no other there's no other way to put it. Yeah, I'm just ready to see what it looks like. I, I think I'm gonna try to slide in next week. I want to ask Cohen, um, like if you're not getting under center all the time, can you still do the play action stuff you want to do out of pistol? Mm-hmm. Like, is that something you can accomplish, or is that something you you really need to work on your under center stuff to be more effective? Pre-snap motion. How much pre-snap motion are we gonna see? Um. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like good. that. How many I, wide receivers do you want to have? In what, how? What do you feel comfortable? What was the number of wide receivers you want to have in your rotation? Um, stuff like that, and just see what what are his thoughts on just having a heavy, you know, riding one more running back heavy, or do you want more of a committee approach like we saw last year? So there's say, still a lot. There's still a lot for us to learn, mm-hmm. uh, and it just it's does stink. I I really do not like that we are not going to get a spring game. But it is a major bummer. It is the like the most stoops thing ever, though. You yeah. Know, I'm just not going to show anything. I just, I'm never going to get over the we can't get under center thing. That's just garbage, malarkey to me. Like you teach 10 year olds how to get under center and you just do it every single day. Like if you, they, I mean, hell, you see them in practice, they take snaps from the center every single day. It, it, what's the difference between going out of shotgun and going under center? Oh, you've got to actually grab the ball and then take three to five steps backwards. It's not that freaking hard. Yeah, it like just, it's it's routinized. So they I'm have limited be... amount of right, they, but they have limited amount of practice time. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is they just don't like the coaches just not want to wait waste practice time on this rudimentary um skill that you should have, but a lot of kids don't have because everything's out of the gun now. Um, God, in the younger levels of football. Noise the hell out of me. And then you get when happens that like as a quarterback, you have to learn because the first time they take snaps under center, like Joey Gatewood, who's never had it, I guarantee he got his foot smashed <laughs> seven to eight times because you have to get out quick or that center's on that first step. He's he's jamming on your pinky toe. <laughs> so that's part. It's just a lot of – Oh, if you're getting stepped on sucks. Mm-hmm. Especially with those cleats, man. That does yeah. not feel good. That's probably the only that's thing – uh, is the only worst pain on a football field just a, a, a helmet to the fun, like a face mask to the funny bone, or the shin? Yeah, man, getting cleated on the shin—that that might be the worst. Because the funny bone does go away, you know, mm-hmm. after a couple minutes, you kind of get that tingling out of your hands. But man, the cuts on the, the shin, shin. Oh, yeah. did you all ever have anybody uh, try to box jump and miss and scrape themselves up? Probably. <laughs> we had some dude just bleeding all over the place because he couldn't get his yeah. bad ass up. <laughs> um, I was watching some Bobby Carpenter who played at Ohio State. I think it was him. It was some linebacker that used to play Ohio State. He said something on a podcast or Twitter or something I saw where he – and he said a lot of people do that. Um, Like inside linebackers, you get – you get, you know, you're getting people stepping on your feet all the time. Mm-hmm. Before the season, he would cut his toenails bare, bare off. Ah. Pull them off. Because oh. they would they would get smashed and he'd had to rip them off during the season, so he said it was easier just to not even mess with them. Those some bad dudes, man. I won't mess with those guys. Would not mess with those guys. Um, we got to talk a little bit of recruiting too, but first, support for eleven personnel is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million people worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for our listeners, 20% off, plus free shipping with the code ROUSH. That's R-O-U-S-H. 
at manscaped.com manscaped they hooked me up with one of their perfect package 3.0 kits and here's the thing about manscaped trimmers they use a, a cutting edge ceramic blade to to make sure you aren't cutting yourselves nicking yourself up and here's the thing look at people i get bald jokes quite often uh i i i it, it's a it's a part of everyday life for me and i actually i actually use it cut my hair with it last week freaking just mowed that stuff down and uh there was a guy by the name of i think it's ron swanson who said shave a man's back and he'll purr like a walrus well <laughs> i was purring like a walrus because that thing just zoom, gets right. it right off in no time the wife was pleased because the other trimmer i had it was it was junky and this one it also has uh, a light to so that you can kind of see where you're going it's a great tool and if you use if, if you get the the 3.0 perfect package they'll also throw in a couple of gifts some some boxer briefs in that package that are nice and comfortable very comfortable they're all about making sure you're comfortable and if you use the code roush at manscape.com they'll get 20 percent off plus free shipping and get this locket they've got they've got a great saying your balls will thank you be mad yes swiss army knife of the razor blade game for sure <laughs> but yeah get 20 percent off free shipping with the code roush at manscaped.com 20 percent off free shipping at manscaped.com use the code roush r-o-u-s-h unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped like it we had two big recruiting stories from over the weekend do we want our good news or our bad news first let's get the bad news out of the way Okay, bad news. Uh, Steve Wiltfong logged a Rutgers crystal ball for Gavin Wimsett. Uh, now, it wasn't like a 9 or a 10 on his confidence level, which I think is funny that they have those now. Um, so it kind of gives him the right to wiggle out of it if he wants to. But essentially, mm -hmm. Wimsett went on a visit with his family uh, to Piscataway and came away very impressed. Uh, and they liked what they saw, so much so that Wiltfong – went ahead and logged to pick for Rutgers uh, noted that Georgia Tech, Cincinnati, and Kentucky are kind of the top four with Georgia Tech. Kind of so, like it, there's the information. What do you make of the, the facts that we have to work with right now? Yeah, number one, I think uh, Greg Schiano and their new offensive coordinator, Sean Gleason, um, who came from the Ivy League and then worked one year for Gundy, he's kind of this wonderkin, um, the next – kind of savant, I guess you would say, um, that people have talked about. I think they're selling that hard, and I think early playing time is probably getting sold really hard. Um, so whatever they're selling works is working up there. Um, it's the number it nine recruiting class right now in the country. Now, right. It's now, early, and they just got commitments, but right. still. But he has some momentum up there right now after getting a few wins last season. So I think that's the sell early playing time, where at Kentucky he's probably going to have to maybe wait a little bit. But it's not good. It just doesn't look good. Um, now, Wimsat's going to enter a position where he becomes Kentucky where he's going to have to earn a spot and, and all that jazz. Uh, but this is a kid they've recruited for a long time. They've sacrificed, I think, themselves to go after this, this kid as mm -hmm. far as their quarterback goes in this class. And so if they don't get him, they're in really tough shape. Um, there's not really much out there left mm -hmm. where they could have maybe really gone really hard after Drew Allar right or cut or that steven jelly kid up in new jersey or what or whatnot but now they've kind of 
they've kind of handcuffed themselves and whimsy. Right. And then now you're stuck with, and, and the thing that I think is even worse is that it's Cincinnati or Rutgers. And like, you know, if that remains the case, he's not, he's going to drop, he's going to drop way down the rankings. Like that's just how these things work, but that's, it's just not a good look. I don't, I don't, I don't know any other way to, <laughs> to say that this does not it just, it, it looks really poorly. Now, it, that can this can change obviously this it reminds me of old recruiting like it when people actually went on visits and they came back and had to rave review and now you're worried they might go somewhere else we had heard nothing from Wimsett's camp camp at all in a long time so the fact that this is the first thing in a while that's an that's another reason to be concerned and why you're kind of just getting to the point where you're like well I hope this will Levis guy is pretty darn good hope Kai Sharon is is better than advertise because not a whole lot of other options out there. Yeah. I mean, the, the final list is not, I mean, just that, 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 that's not great. Like that's not what you want. Uh, I guess your quarterback to, to who you want to be beating out. I guess I would say. Um, So yeah, from that, it's not, it's not necessarily great, but I think optics more than anything on this. It just hurts. This class has got a chance to be really good. Like, I think mm-hmm. this class has a chance to be their highest-ranked class ever, even higher than 2020. But that's a big deal with that because a lot of this is about building recruiting momentum. And to build momentum, you've got to get the quarterback on board. And now you look at it, Wimsett's like the only top 100 quarterback, I think, left that is mm-hmm. uncommitted, where everybody else has their quarterback and they're starting to build momentum for the rest of their class where Kentucky really needs that so they can get rolling. Yeah. Well, and even if the quarterback doesn't end up doing anything for you, I'll buy Drew Barker. You got Mike Edwards out of that class. You got Darius West out of that class. You got Boom Williams. You were able to get a lot of other talented guys just because of the quarterback. So even when he ended up, when he didn't produce for you, now there's obviously some other circumstances of that, but it doesn't matter because you have the other guys already in play and that person played a big role in getting that started. So uh, like you said, that's it's a real kick in the shins, um, maybe a, a, a cleat to the toe. But there, I, I will say that that it doesn't sound like he's still nearing a decision, really. So I, I mean, it's right March. You would think that he'd probably have this thing wrapped up. Yeah, it's very odd that this lasted this long. Usually, these quarterback. Commitments happen I guess, pretty fast. I guess Bo happened in April when they did that visit with, um, yeah, you know, was, all, all the, the other big guys. But yeah, so maybe, you know, maybe April, Kentucky, but, yeah, maybe Kentucky can get them on campus and then that swings the other way. Right, I think that's right. that's the hope. Hopefully that happens soon because, like I said, you need that you need to get this in your back pocket if you can get him so you can start filling out the rest of your class because they're they're you're they're in on a lot of really high quality prospects right now. And they just got a pretty good one, too, uh, from Georgia. Out of nowhere a little bit. And this one uh, was a rare non-John Summerall Deep South guy. Anwar Stewart helped recruit Andre Stewart, which can be complicated, a three-star cornerback from Georgia who was once committed to Auburn. To make matters more uh, uh, confusing like it, there's an Andre Stewart that's from Mary. He's a 2022 quarterback from Marietta, Georgia. UK's Andre Stewart is from Snellville, Georgia. Both are Atlanta suburbs. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Marietta, you 
in Alpharetta are probably more familiar with. But one of the eight thousand Atlanta suburbs. Exactly. So I was watching. I watched like five plays of film. It was like this, this guy really like what is he? And then realized, oh, wrong one. Uh, <laughs> I thought too. Like, did he transfer? Did he play somewhere else? I was like, right. no, no. Okay, good. There's another. There's another Andre Stewart out there, and this guy. Oh, he actually hits people. He's a pretty big dude. Mm-hmm. He can play. Yeah, top 500 prospect in the composite. Auburn decommit, like you said. He had some pretty big offers. A lot of SEC schools are in on him, plus Oregon. And you watch the tape's really good. You know, in two plays. First plays, light somebody up on the perimeter, um, filling the run. Um, he's got really good drops. I mean, he flips his hips really well. Like, there's one play where he's in deep in a back pedal. He flips his hip towards the sideline and then just a toe drag for an interception. Yeah, coming out of nowhere to make plays in center field. Um, Chase down tackles after the free safety bit on a run formation. He comes and runs down the tight end who had no one around him. So, I mean, it's just a really good tape. It's exactly the type of corner prospect you want. It's going to be a a dogfight probably to keep onto him um, from down there, especially Mm -hmm. if he has a really good senior season. This was but, one of those rare instances too. Like it, Mark Stoops broke it. Yeah, I know, I know. You, that's <laughs> how you know. Like that's how you know it's a big commitment. You had yeah. Stoops and Brad White sending out tweets about it. That was a big deal. And for Amar Stewart, man, we saw him get in the Metro Atlanta last year. Get Devontae Ross. He gets this kid, um, which is a big recruiting one. I think. I think if you can add that where you're a factor in Atlanta a little bit, where you can get a couple kids to class, you add that in what Summerall's doing in South Georgia and Alabama, and then with Marrow and Kentucky and Ohio, and then with Clinkscale and the Detroit area, that's four really good areas that you have pools to pull players from. I think that, that that's really, really good um, to have that. Not Not everybody has something like that from a college uh, football standpoint. Um, so that really gives you, you know, a lot of options for to, for signing classes and a lot of quality options, I think, if he can do that. Now, we, we've seen this was his first big one, but not, let's see if we can do it again. But I think if you can get into that Atlanta area, um, like I've said in the past, the baseline of your class is going to be Ohio, Michigan, Kentucky, those kids. But to get to where you want to get to, like you don't have to be at a lot, like every, a lot of them for them, but – you got to have a handful of kids from the deep south that quality that other SEC schools want, and that's how you that's how you kind of level up to the to the next spot you want to be at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. This is another example. We'll see if we, they they can hold on to him, but just like they went and got Christian Lewis, got Trevin Wallace, Chauncey Magwood, this is another example. You've got to go in and land, land kids like this, um, and I think that shows growth, and hopefully, it's a trend that we see continue moving forward. No, definitely, definitely, because there's a lot of talent in there, and it also just goes to show you how far the Kentucky brand has gone. And I mean, Settle even mentioned that at one point where he's like, mm-hmm. "Wisconsin brand, well, Kentucky's got a brand for running the football." Um, yeah, and well, Kentucky, well, you know, I, right? That's right now they're a team that goes to bowl games every year, so people that's what you see. Yeah, um, you know, and, they're not probably you're not they're not competing for championships, but you're for crew. You know, hey, I can go there. They're about six guys drafted, which they're, they're talking about. They still had the mm-hmm. 18 class. So they have all these draft picks. They win. So you're like, Hey, I can go to the sec, play for a team that wins, get drafted. Like that, that's the sell. Um, it, it's, it's the whole, it's a totally different light than what they were 
even three years ago. And the thing is, too, that we have to we have to play this game quite frequently that reminds us how old we are. Uh, Stoops' bowl streak, it began when these kids that are now going to be seniors were eighth graders, right? Is it eighth or seventh graders? Either way, they, yeah. when they turned on games on New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. Barely a teenager. Yeah. And so that's that's what they know. It's much different than what us old folks know. You know, and Kentucky's had, let's face it, they've had some brand names here recently. Yeah. National media folks talk up Josh Allen. They talked up Benny Snell. Limbo. They talked up Limbo. And now in the draft, you're getting Jamin Davis talked up a ton. Yeah, man. So you're seeing that Kentucky logo a lot more in prominent places. Mm hmm. In it's the not college just football slash NFL sphere. Beat mm-hmm. by, you know, some Florida receiver on a route, you know, right. on, on draft day, which, man, Daniel Jeremiah, big fan of Jamin Davis. Yeah, he loves him, man. <laughs> I mean, a big fan of Jamin Davis. So, pretty crazy. Yeah, it's it's sounding like Davis is probably going to go to the Browns there at the end of the first round. That seems to be – the popular it's gonna happen yeah right yeah man i i'm feeling a little deflated as an nfl fan because last summer when nothing was happening i got bored and picked an, an nfl team <laughs> and i should have just picked the titans i was like oh well the steelers they're not a bad candidate they play fun football well they, they did and they won their first 11 games but then bud got hurt now he's making 16 plus million for the titans they're in cat purgatory right now I know I can't do anything and NFL free agency is pretty fun. Although the, it was really, it's gotten a lot better. The, uh, so-and-so has renegotiated. I mean, everybody and their brothers renegotiated their contract under this new cap, which has just been kind of annoying, mm-hmm. but, uh, and the franchise tag can throw a wrench at some things. Yeah. It, I still, it, I still don't hold on your know how that works. I, I, I'm kind of getting better at it, but it's still, uh, it's at least like as confusing as the, the like the European soccer, how all that stuff works. That stuff's crazy. You got a transfer mm-hmm. window, you buy your rights to players. That's all nutty. I can kind of get a grasp on this. And what I'm really looking forward to is right before we started recording, Bears Twitter just started losing their minds. I know. And, <laughs> and I think, it, I don't know if it started because of a Lewis Riddick tweet, but he said something along the lines of, we warned you and – uh, we warned you that this was going to happen a week ago. And after the Saints signed Jameis to a one-year deal and Taysom Hill to a one-year deal, it, the process of elimination, Russell Wilson to the Bears, is – I mean, there's not many other teams that he could go to. Yeah, but I've also seen a uh, link to the Bears too. Who to the Bears? Andy Dalton. <laughs> Mike Garofalo, oh, the NFL man. Network, said that this morning. Man, so that would be – I think he said that, that they're locked in on Andy Dalton. That would be much more on brand to have Nick Foles and Andy Dalton sharing a quarterback room in Chicago. Um, but, yeah. you know, I don't even know how – like, how, I don't even know how I could look at the Bears if they had a competent quarterback. Because like, even Jay Cutler, when he was good, he was still Cutler, you know? like Yeah, it's it's hard. To, and sometimes could you see some of these franchises go without whatever. But the good thing about the NFL, man, you can fix that stuff quick. It, it starts with quarterback. If you get the quarterback, like the Patriots weren't anything Brady. 
mm-hmm. and now now they've got seven Super Bowl. They leave the franchise or they leave the league in Super Bowls. It's all about you now the quarterback. Now there's good franchises and bad franchises. Right, right. But if you can find a quarterback, it can it changes everything. And that's to to get bring it back to Kentucky football. Getting the quarterback right, mm-hmm. we're not going to find it out, but the importance of it is you don't want to become the Chicago Bears of the SEC because mm-hmm. that's kind of what it feels like you're you're kind of doing right now. You're the Chicago Bears of the SEC. You run the ball, you play really sound defense, but you haven't had a quarterback to take you to the next level, and that's why Mark Stoops probably yep. going here. Right, that's that's Cohen's top priority, and we haven't seen Mark Stoops Kentucky with. A good quarter, a very, very, or a very, let's say, very good quarterback or an upper a level SEC quarterback. quarterback. Yes, yeah. um, a jet pilot, not a bus driver. We haven't seen <laughs> an elite level kind, of, a guy that NFL team very interested in seeing. We haven't seen that under Stoops. What does it look like if they get it? That's my. I just want to see what that, yeah, what that looks like. Just because they've noticed- had to win certain in different ways. Have you noticed that everybody, they don't call him Coach Cohen, they just call him Liam? I did notice that today. It just, I don't know. Like, I just, it, I, I might, you, you might, maybe you have to earn that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Cause it's almost like when you hear that a school is calling teachers by their first name and it just puts a bad taste in your mouth. You're like, what the hell is Mr. Yeah. or Mrs.? But at the same time, like, like what were they? They just call him Vince Big Dog, or they call him yeah. Vince, you know. So like, I, I'm sure there's a certain level of, um, you know, between one or the other. Like Davis, Jamin Davis calls John Summerall Donk, hey Donk. So like, you know, I, yeah. my I, I wife mean, when we first started dating, she would call her mom by her first name, and I would get on her case. I was like Taylor, do not know. So I'd started <laughs> making her call her mom. Her, it's your mom. Call her your mom. Do not do that. Oh man. Well, look at spring ball. We made it. Uh, oh, one more thing that we've got to bring up that uh, it feels like an eternity ago because you had conference championship weekend, you had selection Sunday. You've just been so much going on, but this was just Thursday afternoon. And we were talking to David Wallabaugh about bashing dudes on an ice hockey rink. I'm all in. <laughs> like that was one of my favorite he had one of my favorite tapes i think coming out of high school but now i'm all in now you can see the balance the range mm-hmm. and that he was just going fulton reed on these fools i, <laughs> I just love it just love it i'm all in oh man it was so great because uh you know it, it was one of those things like a little footnote in his bio bio but we're like oh well let's ask about it you know we can only ask so many coach wolford questions or whatever where's he from akron is it Akron uh, area or Cleveland area where he's one of the two? I get them all mixed up, but yeah, general north yeah. northeast. Ohio. I guess it, I'm I'm assuming hockey's probably yeah. And his his dad originally from Buffalo, I believe. Right. Uh, so you know they're much more more hockey folks, and so he grew up playing it. He said he started skating when he was three, <laughs> and it's kind of been with him ever since. He quit playing as a sophomore in high school, and then grew a couple more inches and put on some more pounds. But even so, he sent me a couple. Uh, old highlight videos yeah. and he just looks like he's towering over opponents like i cannot imagine i'm just trying to skate down the ice and all of a sudden looking at the corner of my eye and just boom mm-hmm. oh, makes me want to watch the mighty ducks though did you see they they relaunched the mighty ducks on 
Disney Plus, like made a TV show. I think Bombay's right. gonna be in it. Really? Yeah. I don't. I think the the premise of it is that like the ducks are now the hawks now. Like, oh no, they've become the bad guys. Yeah, like they built like this. You know, they became like this powerhouse, and they, they got a new coach, and they're so oh. they build like a new ducks kind of thing. Man, it, it's just gonna be so hard for me to ever i mean i'm sure some of these reboots they got the disney stuff too they'll be fine but not having goldberg or keenan like there, there's certain characters that just i mean goldberg how many movies was he in um between that guy there's always a fat kid in one of these kids movies it was uh the kid from the sand off the catcher he was in a bunch of them and so was goldberg and they were just mm-hmm. great they were great chubby uh guys you love to laugh at but we're yeah, I, I need I need my funny fat kid if it's going to be worth my while. Yeah, I couldn't do it. like Charlie Conway and Dawson's Creek. Like, what are we doing here? You can't be doing this. <laughs> he was in uh, a serious role. He was playing Reese Witherspoon's husband in uh, a show that my wife watched. It was you know it was one of those like he was in Cruel Intentions. I don't know if you ever seen that movie. He was in Cruel Intentions too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one was. Um, I don't know. It was based out of the 90s, though. It was some Hulu show. And it's like, yeah. man, you've got to have Charlie Conway. Whatever it is, he's got to be set in the 90s. I don't care mm-hmm. if he is 30 years older. He's a 90s guy. He's forever stuck mm-hmm. in that decade. Um, But we're not forever stuck on this podcast. We need to get out of here. But like it, it's good to finally talk some ball, despite not actually seeing it with our own two eyes. Kentucky football's back, baby. Woohoo! Man, it feels good to have it back. I'm excited to see what we get um from here moving forward and recruiting should ramp up i think we're all on wimsat watch mm-hmm. even the even the coaches over there at the joe craft facility so watch watch what happened with wimsat and then just seeing what kind of nuggets we can get out of this spring ball where we're not going to have any access at least they just like let us let us watch a practice or just put it on tape hell you know you know what i bet they'll do they'll do the if they give us a seven on seven period that that's probably the closest we'll get as yeah. on seven. I don't, you know, and even Cohen said, he's like, I don't even know if we're going to tackle. <laughs> it's like, well, know. That's point, yeah. you know, that's stuff you don't, think you don't think about. about. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll have a scrimmage or two where they go live. Yeah. Yeah. Probably two of them later on, but a uh, long way to go. Kentucky, they're installing the offense, working on the fundamentals. We're working on our fundamentals, getting in tip top shape for you this spring. Make sure you stay in tip top shape. Uh, hit up Manscaped, use the promo code Roush, receive 20% off and free shipping. Helps out the podcast, helps out you, keep you in good shape this March as the madness ramps up. What well, have you filled out a bracket yet? I have not the whole way. I kind of went through and picked my final four first run, mm. but I have not filled one out I yet. I still haven't done it yet either. I probably, you know, I'll get to it eventually. But, uh, I have a friend who put $10 bets on all the money line uh, underdogs. 15 seats down in the first round so one hits just, one hits yeah that's all you're asking for yeah so he can I, i'm excited to like i'm i'm living vicariously through him so iowa yeah. seems right for the picking maybe that's the one Man, i hope there's some big ones it's gonna be weird but uh we're gonna have some fun uh and we're gonna have some fun talking football with y'all on 11 personnel we'll be back next week and until then just remember to go cats and go kroger